0: And for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So, today we'll continue our study in looking what, at what is important to God. And, and again, this is by no means an exhaustive study, we're simply scratching the surface. All messages are scratching the surface uh, because God is an infinite God. He's an infinite God. He's a holy God. He's a righteous God. And we only understand him and the things of him as he reveals as He's pleased to reveal it to us. And so that's our prayer, isn't it? That the Holy Spirit would reveal to us Christ and reveal to us our almighty God and who he is and with Christ, who he is, what he's done, where he is now and and. He is the eternal one. We know from our study on his name that he's the eternal one. He's the self-existent one. He's the ancient of days. And so we've looked at how his name is important to him because it identifies who he is, right? And scripture here says he's magnified his word above his name. His word above his name. We also looked last week at his glory and how his glory is important to him and how he won't share it with anyone else. Now, folks in religion, they want all the glory. No, no. The believer says, no, Christ gets all the glory. He gets all the honor and he gets all the praise. God will not share his glory with anyone. We also looked at his intrinsic glory, which is the glory, which is, is, is uh, the glory of who he is. That never changes. We don't add anything to that at all. Our, our glo- giving him the glory and praise doesn't add anything to his intrinsic glory because he is great and he is God and he is perfect and he's far above us. Are above us. But he will not share his glory. He will not share his glory with anyone else, with another. So today we'll look at how his word is important to him. Here before us is a profound statement. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. That's a profound statement. Because we know in our study in his name who he is. And and how it identifies who he is. And scripture says here. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So God's name represents all his attributes and who he is. And they're important to him. And the name of God includes all the perfections of God. Everything that God is, which God has revealed himself, is having justice, perfect justice. He reigns in perfect majesty, perfect holiness. He's absolutely holy. He's absolutely holy. Think of this, too. He's so holy that that even the book is called the Holy Bible. And even the angels that have to be in his presence are called holy angels. He's, he's perfect, beloved, he's righteous. And that's why we must be made holy to be in his presence, because we're unholy by, by by nature and by birth. But He's holy. Beloved. And Christ makes us holy, doesn't he? He does. It's incredible. We're sanctified in Christ. We're made holy. That's what sanctified means. We're made holy in Christ. So he has magnified his name. He has magnified his word over his name. And his name speaks of his holiness, his greatness, his glory. Whatever he is in himself, that is God's name. And yet he has magnified something above his name. And that is his word. That's his word. His truth, beloved. His truth. Man may mock the word of God, and they do to their doom. And they may make light of it until God casts them into hell. And this book, beloved, is God's word, and it's important to him. It's important to him. And we see from this text that God has magnified his word above his name. And we know that from studying scripture, that this word, the written word, and the word incarnate, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, what's it, what about his name? Well, it's a name above all names, isn't it? So he's magnified his word, He's magnified his word, the book, and he's magnified the word, God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philpott says about this scripture, you may take the words either as meaning that God may, has magnified his word, his eternal son, above all his great name, that is that he has set Jesus on high above all the perfections of his majesty, or take it as meaning his written word, which is is written in the sacred scriptures. So in that in that case, not only the incarnate word in the person of Jesus, but also the written word of scriptures of truth. So both are magnified. Both are magnified. Think of this, beloved. What a firm salvation the believer in Christ has. What a firm salvation the believer in Christ has. Our salvation rests upon... Not only his written word, right? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But our faith rests upon the incarnate word. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. God has magnified his word above all his name. And we know from Psalm 119.89. It says this forever thy word is settled in heaven. Forever thy word is settled in heaven. This is expressive of of the eternality, the eternality and unchangeableness of God and of his word. He never changes, does he? We know that. Scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And beloved, this book never changes. His word doesn't change. It doesn't change. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Have you ever noticed how God's works and his word stand in relation to one another? They're intertwined, right? His, His works are by his word, whether oral, written, or preached. Who created the world? The word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who created all that we see. He created every one of us here every one of us heaven and earth are preserved by the word of his power the word of his power and by his word we know from colossians by Christ the word all things consist all things consist you take you take Christ out there's nothing there's nothing because he spoke everything into existence and he by him all things consist Christ Jesus, our Lord, is the living word, the word of God incarnate. He's the one about whom all the written word is about. (laughs) This book is about the word, the word of God. It's called the word of God because God is the author of it. Different men penned it, but he was the one who inspired them to write what they did. But it's all about Christ. This this book is about Christ. It's It's a hymn book. Meaning Christ and him alone. <laughs> Think of this. We would not know what sin is except by his word. We wouldn't have a clue. Because God, the Holy Spirit, takes the preaching of the word and reveals to us what? That we're sinners in desperate need of Christ. We would never have known we were sinners. I didn't know I was a sinner until God revealed that to me. And how did he reveal it to me? Through his word. Through his word. But I didn't have a clue before that. The new, the new birth. And let's think of this too. Do you see how everything centers around the word? The new birth. The new birth is accomplished by God's Holy Spirit using the word of God. Using the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the Holy Spirit's the one who what? Grants us the faith to believe on Christ. It's all his work. It's all his doing it pleases God by what? The foolishness of preaching. The foolishness of preaching to save, save them which believe. Well, what's preached? The Word of God. The Word of God. We preach Christ from the Word of God. The Word of God is, is all about Christ and the good news of the gospel that, that Christ came To save sinners, to save his people from their sins. And it tells us of a successful Savior, doesn't it? It doesn't tell us of a God who wants to save people, but's trying to. But but he's done all that he could do at Calvary and now the rest is up to you. That's so foreign to scripture. That's so foreign to the Bible. No, Christ came to save his people from their sins and he did it. And this word tells us that not one of them will be lost. Not one of them will be lost. Do you see why this word? This word must be the ground and truth of what we believe. Not man's opinion. Because man can take this word and twist it. And, 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 and they do. They do. That's why, like I say, we study the real scriptures to know the counterfeit. Now, I know people who spend hours studying counterfeit religions. If they study the word, that's where the truth is. Then they know when someone comes up to them and says, some some stupid thing and, and they can say no that's wrong when they say your salvation's based upon what you do and what christ has done and, and we can look to them and look at them and say no i'm complete in christ right Colossians 210 he did it all he cried it's finished there's nothing for me to do to look now do we now what what is the what are the prerequisites for 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 us we believe on christ right we do i was talking to someone this week and i said you know i said we're not robots. So y'all think that because I'm, I'm Calvinistic and, and because I believe what I believe and the doctrines of grace, y'all think that we're a bunch of robots. That's your claim. I'm not a robot. I'm an unwilling one who was made willing. <laughs> That's what I am. And then I ran to Christ. Is it so with you? Is it so? We're not. Well, the Lord, the Lord, but the Lord. We say "Salvations of the Lord. It's all his doing. He's the one who granted me the faith and the repentance to turn to Christ. He's the one who made me willing. And you know what? I'm so thankful he made me willing and didn't leave me where I was. Because if he had left me where I was, I'd never be willing. Do You see the marvel of salvation? How it's all of grace. It's all of his doing. And this word tells us thy people shall be made willing in the day of his power. That's what this word tells us. That's what this word tells us. It's wonderful, beloved. It's wonderful. So God's people are comforted by this the word too. Through our various afflictions and trials and tribulations we are taught by God from his holy word and by and by the holy spirit. Scripture says this in Psalm 119, 71. "It is good for me that I've been afflicted." Now, none of us like affliction. David writes that I might learn thy statutes. That I might learn from your word. Who you are. What you've done. That's right. Through various afflictions, we learn about who God is. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Here, in his word, God is pleased to reveal himself to his people. And that's what he does through the preaching of the word, right? Through the preaching of the gospel. God reveals Himself to His people. Aren't you thankful He does? Because otherwise, we'd never know Him. We'd never know. Him. Scripture says, Scripture says, the Word says, "There's none that seeketh after God." There's none righteous. No, not one. So, if there's none that seeketh after God, there goes Arminianism out the window, doesn't it? Because it says that you can seek God, but Scripture says you can't. Someone's lying, and it ain't the Bible. The Bible is truth, beloved. Truth. Again, though, the same word that says that there's none that seeketh after God and that there's none righteous, right? says that we we look to Christ and live. We're made willing to look to Him and live. You see, the the Bible must be our final authority. It must be. It must be. In the Scriptures, God is manifested as He is nowhere else. That The Scriptures declare who God is and who Christ is And what we are, sinners, sinners by birth, nature, and choice. And that we, in our natural state, when we come into this world, are born hopeless, hopeless and guilty before the holy God of the universe. Also in scriptures are manifested his mighty works and his decrees. Turn, if you would, to Job chapter 25, Job 25. In the Scriptures are manifest His mighty works and decrees and the facts, the fact that He is the one true God, that He's absolutely sovereign. And He will have His will come to pass. Now think of this. We have nature all around us, right? But nature cannot answer this question in Job. Nature cannot answer this question in Job. Look at this question. Job chapter 25, verse 4. Nature cannot... Creation cannot answer this question. How then can, be, can a man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? How then can, a, can man be justified with God? Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? Turn to Romans chapter 3. The answer is in the book. Only the word of God can answer this question. A man can be justified before God only in... And through the Lord Jesus Christ, look at Romans 3.21. So man can look at nature and say, well, there's a God, but it can never answer that question, can it? Nature can never answer that question. How can a man be justified before God? Look at Romans 3.21-26. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. There, you have to believe. In order to be saved, you've got to believe. These folks say, they're, they're, you've all experienced this before. You go to a funeral and, and you know the person didn't love Christ, but all of a sudden the, the guy up there is telling you that he went to heaven. They're lying on God. They didn't even believe on God. So according to the modern preachers, no one goes to hell. Well, that's not what the scriptures say. You must believe on Christ. You must. Upon all them that believe. And we know that believing faith is a gift. It's a gift of God. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's the level playing field. Bam. Right there. Everyone. We're all sinners. Being justified. Look at this. Look at this. Being justified freely by his grace. Oh, the grace of God. Through the redemption, there's the payment that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God has set forth. So how, how can a man be justified with God? Only through Christ. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness. His perfect spotless righteousness. For the remission of sins that are passed to the forbearance of God. To declare I say it, at, at this time. His righteousness that he might be just. And the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So the answer to the question in Job is only found in Scripture, and it's Christ. How can a man be justified before God? Only in Christ. Only in Christ, beloved. There are many facts in relation to God of which science can shed no light, of which cannot be found in nature or cannot be learned in the best schools through through the teaching of men, but, but by this word by the teaching of the Holy Spirit, we can learn who God is. That He's absolutely sovereign, beloved. That He's in full control. And that He is a God who condescended and came down to redeem His people from their sins and now He's in glory, a successful Savior seated at the right hand of the Father. This book reveals all that. By the teaching of the Holy Spirit revealing it to His people all of nature and creation cannot reveal cannot reveal that Christ the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood to purchase his elect and bore all the wrath of God which was deserving of our sins deserving of our sins in order to satisfy God's justice in in our place all of nature and creation cannot reveal this cannot reveal this the best schools the most learned men in the world Do not know these precious truths. But God is pleased to reveal it to his people. To his people. To his blood-bought, purchased people. Purchased by the blood of Christ. Born again by the Holy Spirit. And then taught by him. Christ. Reveals Himself through this book, Through His Word. Precious. That's why Scriptures are so precious to us. That's why Christ is so precious to us. He's the Word of God incarnate. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. From them, men may see His eternal power and Godhead. We, we, we as believers clearly see that, don't we? We clearly see His power and His Godhead, His work. Before us. That's why when I go out at night and I look up at the sky and it's just full of stars. And, or, or walking across this morning and hearing the birds just like an orchestra chirping away. It's beautiful. But in all that I see I see God's hand. I didn't before, but now I do. But man can look at the sky and think, well, somebody made all this. But yet still not know Christ, right? But this book reveals who, who is the, the creator of all who's the one who keeps it all together and I pray that God the Holy Spirit would reveal Christ to you if you don't know him because otherwise we just grope around in the dark don't we now in his providential dealings God's wisdom and goodness is exhibited but of his perfections we can form no idea from from his works We don't know about his purposes. (laughs) But when God, the Holy Spirit, is pleased to reveal to us in Scripture who God is, we see him in his majesty, don't we? And we see his purposes being worked out. That's why we can say, that's why with the last election, we knew whoever God was going to put in power, he put in power, right? We didn't have to get all worked up about it. Folks were just spinning around, getting so worked up. But God's people were like, well, you know, we know, who, we know the Lord will ultimately put in whomever he's pleased to put in. But, but these things must be revealed to us. His wisdom, his goodness, the perfections of who he is must be revealed to us through his book. In this wonderful book, the word of God, all the glory of the Godhead shines. As one commentator says, the believer is admitted into the council chamber of the Most High, as we learn of His covenant, which He made in eternity. Think of that. Did we even? I I had no clue about this. Sister Karen and I were talking about this too, that how God loved us before we even knew Him, and and but but and how He loved us from eternity. But the commentator brought this out too, though. How we're admitted into the council chamber of the Most High, as we learn, and we learn by God, the Holy Spirit revealing it to us, right? Of His covenant, which the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit entered into eternity. The Father. What? Gives a people to Christ, doesn't he? He gives a people to Christ. Ephesians one four, chosen in him before the foundation of the world, uh, whom he shall have as his inheritance. The Son shall have these people. Here make his soul an offering for their sins, Isaiah fifty three, ten. He, he himself. He himself. Here atone for the guilt of our sins, putting away all the sins of all his people. Fully paying all God demanded in their place, and the Holy Spirit will, by his effectual grace, draw those lost sheep to Christ, regenerating them, born again. If you read Ephesians two from verses one to nine, that's that's what that's all about. Dead in trespasses and sins, but God, <laughs> quickened by the Holy Spirit, it's all his work. But did we know about that? Until God revealed it to us in the scriptures. I had no clue. I had no clue. Growing up I didn't even. I I had a warped version of who God was. I did not know him at all. But now we see justice satisfied. And the perfect redeemer. We see all this revealed through God's word. We learn of how God became a man. In the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. in In the place of his people. Perfect, spotless. We, we learn that he's a perfect, spotless sacrifice. Absolutely sinless. The total opposite of us. Perfect, spotless. I didn't know that. God had to reveal that to me. And he does through the scriptures. We behold the perfections of God and the greatness of our God and the sovereignty of our God. Did you ever think of that before the Lord saved you? I didn't have a clue. Now I just marvel at all those, and, and like Norm said, God doesn't get smaller. <laughs> he gets greater and greater and greater and greater. The more I study, the more, the more he gets, right? the, more, the more sermons we hear, the greater he becomes, the greater he becomes. He's a great God and greatly to be praised. And we behold in His Word the perfections of God, the greatness of God, the sovereignty of God. We see His justice satisfied in the perfect Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. We read about the mercy of God shed abroad to His people in Christ. This precious book is proclaimed Mercy and Truth. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 85. Psalm 85. This precious book declares in Psalm 85, verse 10 here. Look at verse 9 too. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. And look at here, it says in verse 10, Mercy and truth are met together. In righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth. and righteousness shall look down from heaven. That happened at Calvary's cross, beloved. Mercy and truth kissed each other. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Oh. So let us think of this. These precious truths spoken of in, in his word. Creation does not speak of these things. But his word does. His word does. No, oh, God is magnified, and He shines brightly, brightly through the Scriptures as the Holy Spirit reveals these precious truths to His people. 2 Corinthians 3 8 says this But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. We grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of our Savior, beloved. As we study his word, as we hear it preached and proclaimed. And we behold these precious truths with the eye of faith, which is spiritual sight. That's why we pray that God will give you eyes to see and ears to hear Christ. If you don't know him, this is why we pray that. Because the only way I can see these things is with spiritual eyes. And the Holy Spirit's the one who's teaching me. I can't claim credit for anything. And I don't want to. (laughs) He gets all the glory. He gets it all, beloved. He gets it all. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. So we behold these precious truths with the eye of faith, which is a spiritual sight. And we behold Christ all through the scriptures, this word. This word is important to God and it's important to his people. And here are a few quick points pertaining to how God's word is important to him. The word of God is the seed of spiritual life by which sinners are born again. James says this, of his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creature. He begot us with the word of truth, with the scriptures. The Holy Spirit uses the scriptures. He regenerates us and uses the scriptures. Oh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is why it's absolutely vital that we preach Christ and him crucified and nothing else nothing else. Look at Matthew 13 verses 3. Here scripture gives us the illustration of this of this, how he begats us with the word of truth. Here's the illustration of this by the parable of the sower. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and Forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other fell upon good ground. Now think of this. Here's the word of God, fallen upon good ground. How is it good ground? Who's made that ground to differ from any of the other ground that we just read about? God. God's made that ground to differ. The ground didn't make itself the difference. <laughs> no. Isn't it wonderful? I'm the only one saved in my whole family. The only one that I know of. It's God who prepared the ground. It wasn't me. I wasn't looking for God. Look at this. Song. But I found the good ground and brought forth fruit. The fruit of the spirit, right? It's all his work. Some in a hundredfold and some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold.
1: Who hath the ears to
0: hear? Let him hear. All that God would give you spiritual ears to hear. So the seed that, that the sower is sowing, his seed is the word of God, the incorruptible seed which endures forever. Endures forever. First Peter says this. Turn off your would, to 1 Peter 1, verses 23 and 25. We're we'll keeping in mind what we just read with the parable of the sower. 1 Peter 1, 23-25. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. Incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. 1 Peter 1, 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is grass and And all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Here it is. The word of God. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The basis of our faith is the word of God. Abraham believed what God said. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. We believe what God says. There was a time when I didn't. but Now I do. Who made me to differ? God. God. It's all his work. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was he was also able to perform. We believe that what God promises, he's able to perform. Our hope's in Christ, isn't it? Our hope's in what he's done. We believe what God says. Now, I've talked to folks who say, well, I believe part of the Bible, but I don't believe at all. Well, if you're a believer, you're going to bow your knee <laughs> to what Scripture says. You might have some hard time with some, some verses for a little while, but you you're bow your knee to it. Say, Lord, this is your word. This is your word. This is your word. And the word of God is the foundation of our hope. Scripture says in Psalm 119.81, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. But I hope in thy word. In the Hebrew, hope is defined to wait, hope, expect, to tarry. And this leads the believer to confess, Thou art my hiding place, my shield, I hope in thy word. Our hope is in Christ, isn't it? Our hope is in what the word says. That's truly, truly what it says is what, is what it says is, is truth. The word of God will be the basis of judgment. On that great day of judgment, God will judge men out of this book. John chapter 12. Turn up it the there. John chapter 12. We're almost finished. John chapter 12, verses 47 to 49. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. John 12:48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And the last point is the word of God will stand forever, forever. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or a tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And in Numbers it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he not said in this word, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? What he says shall come to pass. You can guarantee, I guarantee you what the Lord says will come to pass, because he's God. For as the rain cometh down in the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. That's God speaking. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. That's good news for sinners. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God will get all his sheep. He'll get them all. So God's word is very, very important. to Him. So important to him that he exalts it over his name. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you with thankful and grateful hearts for your goodness and mercy and grace. And we thankful that the Holy Spirit for we who believe has taught us and revealed to us the word of truth, the scriptures are, are your word to us, spoke, the written word. And, and, and you speak to us through your word, no other way. But, oh, we, we just are so thankful that you've, you have a book that reveals, reveals a little of who you are, just a little of who you are. And we are thankful that you've given us an understanding by the, by the Holy Spirit. We pray that if it's your will, that you would give, give those who do not know you spiritual, spiritual ears to hear and spiritual eyes to see the Lord Jesus Christ, who this book is all about. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.